This session, we continue unpacking the profound proclamation of hope and encouragement we find in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. You will recall from previous sessions, Peter writes in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Peter reminds us God's mercy, his unmerited favor, his undeserved favor allows us to be born again. But what does it mean to be born again? There are probably many of you who have grown up in the church and over the decades you have heard that phrase born again. But what does it really mean? The phrase born again actually originated among the pagan religions of the first century world. And it was a concept or a phrase describing a radical, decisive transformation or change of life. The first century church took that very same concept and appropriately applied it to what Jesus can do for the human heart. There is a transformation, a radical, decisive change of heart and life as a result of what Jesus Christ does in our lives. But the Apostle Paul captured this radical transformation when he wrote to the Corinthians, if any man be in Christ, notice the qualifier, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Or he wrote to the Galatians, for neither circumcision is anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. Circumcision, uncircumcision are acts of man. But new creation is an act of God. When we repent of our sin, place our faith in Jesus, and make him master, sovereign Lord over our lives, there is a radical transformation that occurs. We are born from above. The change in our lives is so radical that a brand new me comes to reside within the same old me. I am the same me on the outside, but I am a brand new me on the inside. There is a radical transformation. Perhaps the concept of new birth was best captured by the Lord Jesus himself. In the third chapter of the Gospel of John, a religious leader, a man named Nicodemus, comes to Jesus under the cover of, of darkness. Nicodemus had struggled with the inability of works to fill the hole within his soul. And he came to Jesus seeking counsel and insight. Obviously, Nicodemus was burdened by a hole in his soul that the keeping of rules and regulations had not filled. There was a void, a chasm, an emptiness that works had not satisfied. So Nicodemus was perplexed 
by the emptiness and the hollowness of religious ritualism. And he comes to the Lord Jesus wanting something more lasting, something more fulfilling. And we find the encounter recorded in the Gospel of John, the third chapter. It's a lengthy passage of Scripture for us, but I really want us to look at it and understand the concept of being born again as communicated by the Lord Jesus himself. In John chapter 3, verse 1, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So Nicodemus comes to Jesus under the cover of darkness, and he acknowledges that there is something significant, something profound, something otherworldly about Jesus and the message he communicates. Instead of taking the comment as a tremendous compliment, Jesus cuts right to the core of the matter in his response. There is no, thank you Nicodemus, I appreciate your words. No, he goes straight to the heart of the matter in his response. Jesus answered and said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, there is that key phrase, born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus comes under the cover of darkness seeking counsel. He, he makes a, a comment complimentary of the Lord Jesus, and Jesus cuts through all the fluff and all of the puff and gets to the heart of the matter. Nicodemus, you must be born again, born from above. There, there must be a radical transformation of your heart and your life. <coughs> Excuse me. Nicodemus said to him, how, focus on the question, <coughs> how can a man be born again when he is old? Not why, but how? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. There's that phrase again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen, and you do not accept our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes will in him have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Nicodemus, 
You must be born again. You must be born from above. There must be a transform, radical transformation of heart and life. But understand, Nicodemus, this radical transformation of heart and life will not come as a result of what you do. It will come as a result of what I am about to do for you. You must be born again. Every one of us, like Nicodemus, are given the freedom to choose between one of two eternal possibilities. Option number one, we can be born once and die twice. The 20th chapter of the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, warns us in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Now look, listen to the next verse. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Option one, you can be born once and die twice. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So you and I are faced with one eternal option. We can be born once and die twice. Option number two, we can be born twice and die once. I find it interesting Nicodemus did not ask why, but how. He did not say, Guy, why must I be born again? No, if you listen to the passage, he asked very astutely, how can I be born again? Nicodemus recognized that he was a sinner in need of a Savior. He knew he could not do anything to save himself. He could not be established into a right relationship with God on the basis of keeping the law. His relationship with God could not be based on his own blood, sweat, and labor. You see, Nicodemus was thrilled by the prospect, but perplexed by the possibility Lord, how can I be born again? That question takes us back to 1 Peter. Back to the verse under discussion in this session. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Our hope 
even in the midst of hellish horror, is not dead. It is alive because Jesus is alive. Remember, hope is the guarantee of a future inheritance rooted in a past event. And that past event is the blessed resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our hope is alive because He is alive. When was this hope born? Peter tells us, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Here it is. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Can there be any hope apart from the resurrection? Well, let's let the Apostle Paul answer that question for us. One of my favorite passages of Scripture appears in the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians. The 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians. And Paul is addressing this issue of resurrection. The possibility of resurrection and the basis of resurrection. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul writes, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received, in which also you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. For I am the least of the apostles and not fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me did not prove vain. But I labored even more for than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so we believe. Now here comes the key. Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Where is the hope? The hope is rooted in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If Jesus has not been raised from the dead, can there be any hope? That's the question that Paul is about to address. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is vain. Your faith also is vain. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying if there is no resurrection, there is no hope. Our hope is not a living hope. It's a dead hope. Not only that, it is no hope at all. Moreover, we are found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. 
If we have hoped, there's our word, in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. How tragic. But fortunately for you and me, Paul did not stop there. Verse 20. But now Christ has been raised from the dead. You hear it? Christ has been raised from the dead. There is an empty tomb to prove it. There is a rolled away stone to prove it. There are empty grave clothes to prove it. There are fish bones on the shore of Galilee to prove it. He has risen just as he said. Paul says the first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. There is our hope. That is our living hope. Notice Paul connects our living hope with the resurrection of our blessed Savior, Jesus Christ. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ will, I love that confidence, will all be made alive. This week, Bask every moment of every day in the hope, the bedrock guarantee of a future inheritance rooted in a past event. Bask in the hope that is yours because of the angelic proclamation made that first Easter morning. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Our hope is alive because we serve a risen Savior. I'll see you next session. Thank you for joining us on this journey through 1 Peter. It is our great desire to encourage you in your faith by taking you deeper in God's Word. I hope you have found these sessions to be both inspiring and challenging. We do not want to stay where we are. We want to continue to grow. As we said in one of our sessions, one day Jesus will call my name. As days go by, I hope I don't stay the same. I want to get so close to him that it's no big change on that day when Jesus calls my name. We want to help you get closer by growing you in your faith. We so very much appreciate you following us whether you are following us on YouTube at Word Power Media Ministry, on Instagram at Word Power Media Ministry, or, or whatever podcast provider you happen to use. Again, Word Power Media Ministry. If you have found these sessions to be encouraging, please tell someone about us. It is a word of mouth ministry and we need your help. We would also love to hear how we have encouraged you. You can reach us at wordpowermm at gmx.com. We would love to hear your encouragement. As I have said before, finding out how we encourage you encourages us. So thanks for joining us.